0: live from orlando florida you're listening to the orlando magic hq podcast the voice of magic fans join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates the show starts now what's up magic fans welcome back to another episode of the orlando magic hq podcast brought to you by nobody at the moment because we are free agents (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um if you haven't heard we were brought to you by the basketball podcast network but unfortunately uh, they decided to stop the basketball podcast network operations so right now we're not sponsored by anybody which is kind of weird out because you and i we were kind of talking about it, and we're like man we feel unemployed yeah we doing- it's a weird feeling man <clears throat> i need to create a brand new intro we've been doing the same intro now for about you know three years since we started the podcast, and now we got we gotta change it up but uh no need to fear nothing is changing on the podcast why this is really more just kind of maintenance stuff on on our end um and we're we're in talks with with another network right now that we're pretty excited about, so news to come in the very very near future um but kind of moving along um today is Friday, April seventh we just got done playing um against the cleveland cavaliers kind of like they were kind of the calves we we're kind of the magic We'll we'll get into details about that in just a moment but joining us in today's episode um is luke scotchy orlando magic hq writer um luke you've been with us for for a little while and just recently one of one of the works that you've done was you got you were able to get a sit down with michael carter mm-hmm. williams and do a full-blown interview with him which was perfect timing because Michael Carter Williams was a part of the team, right? But he still hasn't really played just yet. So um, you know, we we were able to get some insight from him because me personally, as someone that was kind of still following Michael Carter Williams, I saw this man working out hard, trying to get on on trying to get NBA ready and get on the team. Um, but one of the major things that I noticed is that my man was still rocking Orlando Magic gear right. while he was working out, and I'm like, man, there's something there. I don't know what it is. But there's something there. There was even a brief moment where, um, you know, he joined Dante Marcatelli in one of the broadcasts. I'm like, there's still some type of connection with the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows, man? Maybe we bring him on later on. And that's exactly what ended up happening. So real quick, before we we start to talk about, you know, the last stretch of the season and some of the other Orlando Magic news, um, Luke, how is everything? You live in Boston. How's everything yeah. going on for you in Boston and then tell me a little bit about that interview that you did with NCW.
1: Everything is great in Boston. Um, for those of you guys who have not been to Boston for whatever reason, absolutely go. Their, their sports reign supreme. You're going to fall in love with baseball. You're going to fall in love with football. Your brain is going to turn into not just the basketball, but the balls of every other sport possible. It is a It is such a cool environment being in there and being right in the thick of it gives you a new perspective. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I am Luke. I am an Orlando native. Happy 407 day, by the way. But I go to Boston University. I study journalism. And I am temporarily not living in Orlando for that particular reason. But it's great to be here. And I miss home every day. But being in Boston, everything to do, going to Celtics games, watching, watching a crowd that that adores this team thick and thin reminds me of just how passionate that we are. I think we could be the Celtics of tomorrow. And that's a huge, huge, huge thing. There's Boston's obviously different from Orlando. Um, it's actually walkable and there's actually public transportation. Um, but there's nothing like, like being home. And if you're ever, if you're ever here, um, in Boston, any of you listening, hit me up. Um, I, I'm more than happy to sit down to talk Magic Hoops. I'm—I was gonna say I'm the biggest Magic fan on or in the city. However, I'd have to fight the Court Cousins for that, and I—that's not a battle that I want to engage in. Uh, <laughs> shout out to them. Uh, they're great shout guys. Them. Um, but probably the most avid Magic fan, at least on this campus. So come come around, talk to me. I'm right here. Always, I and always open.
0: Yeah, Al, you're you're actually from that area also, so I feel a little left out. I visited Boston for the first time um this past year, and de- definitely a beautiful city. You can tell that there's there's a collective like agreement with people, right? Uh, they, you either see someone else with a Red Sox shirt and there's like this, this weird nod that they do that I've noticed. kind of like if you're a Jeep owner, you kind of honk at other Jeep owners. It's just like yeah. one of those things. Um, Boston's amazing. But just to be clear, you're not a Boston fan, right? We, we no, didn't no. lose you to no, the, the Celtics fan base. Just to be nah, clear.
1: Nah, you, there, there's cool. almost no way that you're going to lose me. I, oh. I, I, I'm a Magic fan through and through. Like I said before, I am too good of a Magic fan for my own good.
0: Cool, cool. So, talk to us about the MCW interview. What were some of your takeaways? What was your sentiment when when you were talking to Michael Carter Williams about you know him rejoining a a team that he's really not too familiar with anymore? You know, yeah. it's not it's not it's not like he's playing with the Nicolas and the Evan Fourniers and Aaron Gordon. He's now joining a team that is consistent with Apollos or Franz Wagner's. It's a completely different team than what he first witnessed, and a different coach as well. You know, he was playing under, you know, Steve Clifford. Now Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not, it's not Mr. Clifford. It's, it's Coach Motes. Um, what what were some of your takeaways from, you know, your discussion with Michael Carter Williams?
1: For sure. I, I want to emphasize real fast that you're, you're very right. These two teams are drastically different from one another. And Michael will be the first one to tell you that. Um, you mentioned the difference between Steve Clifford and Moe's. They are not just two different coaches; they are two different people as well. Cliff is very old school. Uh, Mose is very like in your face in a good way, um, almost like supportive to his own, uh, to his own good, uh, to, to his own detriment in a way. And it's a very, very great guy as well as a very forward-thinking coach. They're two very, very different things with very, very different philosophies. With Moes being more of a size-oriented coach and and Steve Clifford being more of a defensive mind, as we're seeing with the Charlotte Hornets right now, but it's it's a very drastic drastic change, especially for a player who has not touched the court in two years. But that never stopped him from 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 uh, reaching his goal again, and that was the big takeaway. He's wanted this more than anything. His family wanted to see him back on the court um, for, for his mental health and for, for the sake of just his life. And he made that a very big personal goal. You, you alluded to it earlier before, Ant, but um, a couple things that I'd like to clarify, things that are um, th- that I took away from the interview that I think a lot of debate has been focused on, two in particular Number one, I first, as far as I'm concerned, the way that I interpreted his answers, Michael Carter Williams was just a free agent. There was no hidden, hey, so we're going to cut you, and you're going to come back up, and we're going to do this all hush-hush thing, and you're secretly a part of the team, but you're not a part of the team, if you know what I'm saying. I saw a couple debate on that Um and despite that not being legal, in my opinion, that's not something that that the Magic are interested in, like doing anyway. Keeping it, keeping things that 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 secret, and especially holding a guy under the bus like that. Ma- Michael Carter Williams was a free agent. His priority was getting back to the court. Everything that he did related to the Magic, whether it was go on Markitelli's podcast, whether that was um, wearing Magic shirts to workouts, whether that was talking to young guys etc. All of that was through his own volition. This was no like hidden contracting. This is no uh there there was no tomfoolery about you're you're seemingly part of the thing and even and even then it wasn't a a guarantee that he'd be back. And I understand that like I think that the timing or like the fact that the fact that he wore those shirts and the fact that he last week for the magic um kind of raises a bit of eyebrows when seeing that he signed with the magic again despite not playing for for two years, signing with the magic was not like this hidden two year long agreement, get your ankle back up and we're ready to go. It was really the and I for lack of a better phrasing, but it was the basketball equivalent of uh, of getting a hey you up text late at night. But <laughs> a good and, I mean that, and I mean that in the best way possible because both Michael and the Magic wanted a reunion very, very badly. And Michael had other suitors. That was mentioned in my article for sure, mm-hmm. but um, but he chose the Magic for a variety of reasons. Uh, convenience being absolutely one of them. His kids were already in school, or at least his daughter was already in school, and he already lived there, built, built, a, life, built a life there, had a good relationship with his neighbors there, and but also he just loves the city, and he at least right now wants to build a life here. As of right now, Orlando is the only place aside from like his birth home that like he calls home. And he's very, very interested in genuinely building a life here. Something that we're starting to see more and more with, with all these players, like, and not just like out of mere convenience, out of a genuine love and deep compassion for this city, because he's, he's been taught so much by this organization. He's been taught patience. He's been taught, how to burn bridges. He's he basically, in a way, became he didn't grow up in or, in Orlando in a way, but he was like, like he became more of a man than he already was in Orlando. He became the veteran presence that he was that he is today because of Orlando. And the second thing that I want to clear up is that this agreement was not made just for Mike Carter Williams to be our Eudonis Haslam. As we saw in the Detroit win, he expects or not he expect or I mean, he would like to very much play. I don't know how much he like to play. I, I I think just any moment he can get on the court is good enough for him. Um, I would I would assume that he would like as much time as he can get. But this is not a you're only gonna sit on the bench because that I think would be disrespectful to Michael. Um, and Udonis has him is a very clear outlier, but. A big reason why Atlanta wanted him was for the veteran presence that Udonis provided. Now that Terrence Ross is gone, now that Mo Obama's gone, has gone, there aren't a lot of like, veteran presence in this organization. And who better than to be with the guy who, let, who was your starting point guard during the tanking years? So what—and Be and, and I guess the whole thesis of my article was that what was initially a kid who just wanted opportunities— to play good, meaningful minutes and being excited to join Orlando because of big minutes and he had already established relationships there, grew into a genuine love and passion for the city of Orlando, and he signed there in large parts because of the city. It's making that good impression on him that he wanted to be here, and he chose to be here over his other students or or, or, or his other suitors that that says to him, I want to be here long term. I want to raise my kids here. I want to build my life here. I I don't know if he wants to grow grow old here necessarily, but that's not out of the question for him. He said, um, he told me that he does not know what's in store for him going forward. But Orlando will be a home for him no matter what, and he has that security to fall back on. And hearing Orlando Magic players call this city their home is something that I'm just that we're just not used to because it's I mean Orlando's no I don't know New York no Toronto but it's still a beautiful city. It's, it's literally city beautiful for good reason. And having that, having that presence in Orlando and being in Orlando and saying to yourself, I want to be here long term," especially when considering he's played for five other teams. I think it's five. I'll have to check that, but he, it just means a lot to us fans. And, he knows I uh, that that we love him dearly, and uh, his Instagram post has um, that he posted the other day, just a great culmination to the end of this um, pretty pretty roller coaster moment of his life. Watching him finally get back on the court after all this time, and leading the team that gave him that that chance when not many other people would. Yeah,
0: it kind of it, it kind of reminds me of um it gives me the same feeling when we brought Aaron Aflalo back. Yeah um, where yeah. where yeah it it's they they weren't like a massive it wasn't like it was a big name, right? It wasn't it wasn't um there there's a sense from the fan base that there, there's an appreciation there and the fact that they show how passionate they are of the city of the team. Um even even in your article, you know, Michael Carter Williams was quoted. Every time I put a magic jersey on, I am ready to go as hard as I possibly can. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that they give me every time I step on the floor. I kind of owe them that. And I think that, you know, it's it's the part that that is so beautiful about it is because you you build these relationships with players um and you become a fan of of how much hard work that they do. And to me, Michael Carter Williams kind of represents the 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 soul of the Orlando magic, the the horn hustle yeah. the, that epitomizes that. And I think that, you know, I, I love it because Michael Carter Williams, he represents, he's a veteran that represents and can speak to the highs of the NBA, the lows of the NBA. You're talking about a former, you know, rookie of the year to finding himself outside of the league and then fights his way to come back into the NBA, find a home here in Orlando. And then, Oh, guess what? Now he's struggling with injuries, and then he finds himself out of the NBA again and somehow fights his way back in. So it's an awesome, awesome story. I'm so glad that he's a part of this team um, because it's it's the type of veteranship that I believe is really important to, to this team. So love the fact that he's here. Love the fact that we were able to get an interview with him. If you haven't checked out the article by Luke, OrlandoMagicHQ.com. Definitely go and check it out because – Luke, you did a phenomenal job with this. So I, I definitely want to take a moment and say thank you. So amazing yeah. job and kudos to you. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, Al, let's 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 kind of fast forward this to the the week in review, right? Because we're at a point where now we're that's it. We played our last home game of the season. We had a win against Washington, which was exciting. 116 and 109. A win versus Detroit, 128 to 102 it wasn't even really a win. It was more of a beat down. It was probably one of the most well executed game from the Orlando magic where they, they were able to show their dominance and then a loss against the Cleveland Cavaliers, 117-113. Um, listen, we, we found out that we're eliminated from playoff contention. It is what it is. And then, you know, we get a report today that, you know, Hey, let's, let's grab the whole entire starting and lineup and um, let's, put them on the injury report let's not play them right just to kind of put into context um you had on the injury report paulo bancaro who's out with the back tightness wendell carter jr who's out with the left hip soreness markel folds who's left who's out with a left knee soreness gary harris who has a left abductor soreness Franz Wagner, who's out with the left ankle sprain, and Jonathan Isaac. I would say what he was out with, but it's a pretty long list, and that might take up the rest of the time of this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so Al, I'm, I'm going to send it to you. What are your thoughts on now the Magic full blown going tank mode, and then kind of how we ended it the season, man? If you were to put this this season on a scale of one to ten, what what would you what would you rank the Magic?
2: Well, first things first, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Dylan Holden. I know he's an avid <laughs> listener to our podcast. And he's this dude said it today, it. he's like, i right,
0: waiting for it. He, needs, he's he like, needs that shout out, man. He does.
2: <laughs> he told me, guy, guys, I, I called this. I called this. And well. He's
1: so happy right now.
2: As, as we all expected, right? Like, I, I also kind of, I was surprised when yesterday the Magic didn't announce any, any kind of player injuries. I'm like, oh, it's kind of odd. But then I'm like, hey, season, last game of the season at home, fan appreciation night, they'll just have him play a few minutes. Well, as we found out earlier tonight, not even that. So what does this mean? tank mode and and i completely understand the move we're we're trying to get the best position that we can heading into the lottery i'm mad at it could you have tanked a little bit harder maybe starting last week if you were thinking long term maybe i don't agree with that i think that we're doing the right thing We, we fought till the end we won as many games as we could but for those that want to play the other side of the of the card and say hey we could have tanked starting maybe saturday and have the fifth best odds heading into the lottery instead of the sixth seventh or eighth um And still won, you know, thirty-three games. Let's call it. That would have been an amazing season. That would have been a ten to me. But the fact that we are going to probably end up seventh, sixth, heading into the lottery. Which, hey, we can still jump up to the top four. Doesn't mean anything. That would have made it a ten for me. But other than that, man, the way this team played this season, the crazy turnaround from five and twenty to now finish the season winning thirty-three games, maybe more. Let's see what happens this weekend um it, it's crazy and i actually went back and i listened to our season preview episode that we did back in october i had myself saying 32 wins anthony i i quoted you you'd never gave a number I, I just realized it today i heard you saying i think we're gonna crack 30 but we both said we'll fall we're short wrong. yeah we we'll both said we'll fall short of the playing tournament so we were right we, we called it right pretty close to what ended up happening And we also said many times in that episode, if we are healthy, that's going to be the outcome. The crazy part is we were not healthy for the first 25 games, and we still met all those objectives. So in my opinion, yes, I would have loved to make the play-in. That would have been incredible. But at the end of the day, man, this team took a major leap. And we were talking about this before we went on air here. The best outcome. This is my last time going to Amway thinking we're going to lose tonight or... We're not making the playoffs this season i really really believe that and for that reason man this season was a huge success in my mind so 9.8 for me
0: yeah i mean listen round of applause for everyone that's been following the magic during this time period it's been a, a very long drought even the two seasons that we've had where um we were led by nicola and dj augustine evan Fournier, and aaron gordon we made it to the playoffs and got eliminated in the first round uh you know th- this has been a long stretch since you know the the good old days with with Dwight Howard and and us fighting in and being respected in the NBA and making deep playoff runs. I feel like we're at the point where you're right, man. You're you're walking out of the season, and you're knowing that next season it's it's game time where we're, we're going to make noise, where we're, we're going to make a run. You know we have so much to look forward to. You're, you're talking about a, a sophomore season of. Bang Carroll, You're talking about a third year of Franz Wagner. You're looking, you're talking about uh, another, hopefully a, a super healthy offseason for Markel Foltz and and Jalen Suggs. Dylan, shout out to you for being the the governor of Jalen Suggs Island, man. I, I want to make sure that it is, it is out there that my man stuck with Jalen Suggs through thick and thin throughout the whole entire season. People are talking bad about Jalen Suggs, and my man was was there standing strong and making sure that he was represented for Jalen Suggs. So shout out to you real quick. Um, but, man, next season is going to be super, super exciting because now there's no, there's no excuses. There's no looking back, right? We made such a big jump from our 22-win season last year um, to where we're at now, and I think that is just a testament to what we've been able to create, what we've been able to develop, uh, coach most as well. Um, for him to be plus twelve from last season to this season, his second year as an NBA coach, whether you disagree or agree with everything that he's done, that's on you. But for him to get the buy-in from the team, because if if we if we were to use an example, right of of the Houston Rockets, for example, and we we look at a young coach like like Silas, it, it, their fan base hates that head coach, and for whatever reason. I I don't I don't follow them like that so I can't give you any details but things can be way worse than what they are right Coach Mose has the buy in Coach Mose has everyone playing together they're a fun group to watch they love one another they love the head coach they have the respect the attention and I I love what we're creating and I feel like all right this is going to be the the last season where we don't make the 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 fight the plan. I respect the magic that they did everything they could, even if it was a small chance that they were going to make the play-in. They fought and played every game with as much will um, and power as they could. And the minute that they lost it, all right, cool. I'm, 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 I am not shocked. I am not surprised. I am happy that they shut down the starting five. I'm glad that they did that. I give the season a solid, um, a solid eight, man. I would give it a solid eight for the season. Um, Health wise. It really hurt us, but solid eight. What about you, Luke? What would you grade this season?
1: Yeah, I, I'd i say somewhere along eight to 8.5 as well because, I mean, yeah, the day would come. We knew that at some point as, the, as our plan, chances began to look slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. I mean, we knew at some point that Jeff Weltman would bring out our entire core, line them up one by one and then individually take to their bodies with the biggest sledgehammer he could find and fill up that beautiful, juicy, wonderful injury list that he's loved for the past two years or so. But the fact that we had to wait until the third to last game of the season, especially after that god-awful, what was it, 520 start we had to begin the, to begin the season, absolutely amazing considering where we were literally last year getting getting Sadiq. Remember Sadiq Bay dropping 50 points on us and thinking it's going to be a long road from here. (laughs) And yeah, this is going to be a long road, but it's a little bit shorter than I thought it would be. Next stop is playoffs. And I, for the first time in a long, long time, I have very, very, very high expectations for this team. And I also want to shout out uh, Dylan Holden um, for the sake of just that four guys had a very, very fun <laughs> roller coaster of a uh, past two weeks on Twitter. So I hope he is very very happy right now that the Magic are finally finally tanking, and Jalen Suggs is um, basically Jesus, as Dylan proclaims him. Yeah, i here,
0: they had to shut him down in Cleveland. He was he was playing too good. Yeah, he was.
2: Yeah. I'm just wondering here, how, how does Dante feel about this tanking move? <laughs> <laughs> Going back let, to Dylan's situation yeah, on Twitter. No, yeah, yeah. oh, no, no, I know
0: you. <laughs> um, so now now let, let me ask you because man, we, we've been seeing some great, great development. One player in particular is is Markel Folds. Who, as we know, missed a lot of uh, the beginning of the season due to a toe injury. I still can't believe that happened. It drives me crazy to hear that he missed so much basketball because he stubbed his toe. That drives me crazy. Okay, anyways. So 14.2 points per game, 5.8 um, assists per game, four rebounds, 1.5 steals um, is his season stats. And just in the last five games, we're looking at 16 points per game, 6.4 assists per game. So he's been balling out, man. Um, he plays with the sense of calmness and chaos that I absolutely love. And when I mean chaos, I mean this dude is slithery. Somehow he makes certain things happen. He is by far, in my opinion, one of the most unique players in the NBA. Um, You know, one of his big highlights they had this last game was a full-blown fast-break windmill slam that, you know, you don't don't expect, but yet you do expect it. Like Markel is a special, special player. Um, just recently on the Orlando Central, they were talking about um, how he says that he's in a different headspace now than than he was before mentally, and he's it, it shows. Man, he looks like he's having fun. He looks like he loves um, playing with this team and playing in Orlando. And I, I I just can't see how people can't view him and say that this is this is the future point guard of the Orlando Magic for the next you know five six seven whatever years. I think that. He is easily, we can talk about Paulo, we can talk about Franz, we can talk about draft picks this year, but he is easily the most important player on this team. And we, we have such a large sample size of what we look like without him compared to what we look like with him. Completely different basketball team. We're dangerous with him uh, leading this team. But you know, after coming back from a torn ACL, a toe injury, um, you know, what would you how how would you consider Luke his season this year? Has he proven enough already to be penciled in as as your starting point guard for you know the foreseeable foreseeable future? Like starting I'm I'm talking I'm talking about like free agency trading. Uh I know there there's there's already talks about Fred Van Vliet. There's been a lot of talks from outsourced media saying that the Magic should go go after him in the offseason, but is is Markel your, your guy, are you, are you looking elsewhere? Are you happy with what he's brought on? What are your thoughts on Markel?
1: Yes, yeah, starting point guard is an understatement for the foreseeable future. I feel strongly about this take based on my experience with um, talking to people who have more knowledge on the team than I do and just by watching the game that you are absolutely correct. Markel Fultz is without a shadow of a doubt the most important player on this team. You see it on the court. The entire offense exists through him. We saw it on, uh, on the record books. We saw how, how um, again, pardon my French, how piss poor our record was before Markel Fultz came back and how good it's been ever since. You can attribute some of that to the fact that he's the only lead initiator on this team that isn't a total liability in other areas, sure, but he does it so, 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 so well. And the notion that Mark Fultz is not this team's starting point guard long-term, I think is is silly. He is... If Michael Carter-Williams is the soul of this team, then Mark Fultz is the heart because he means... For as much as he means on the court, he means so much more off the court. Uh, off the court, excuse me. In my conversations with Michael, um, the only player that I can think of he mentioned by name was Markel. The and not say he doesn't like the other players, but the fact that Markel is so profound on this team, you've seen it um, off the court as well the Way Mark Hill has this gigantic impact on, on his team, his players, of uh, the fans, even how he, like do you notice how he never once smiled in Philadelphia? And that that smile never leaves his face now that he's in Orlando. Yep. That's true. Talk about a guy who loves what he's built here. And and you saw that that viral video, um that yeah. <laughs> uh, of Dante of Dante's interview with Mark after the Pistons win. And Markell's jumping up on Wendell like, yeah! Um, it's uh, it's a great video, and it shows just how young and fun this team is, but most importantly, how important Markel is in this team's locker room. Um, um, Mark um, Again, Michael mentioned that a big, big, big reason why he he chose Orlando, a big role in choosing Orlando, was because of the camaraderie he already had. And sure, he didn't know the Nicola's. He didn't know or, or excuse me, he doesn't know the Palos. He doesn't know the Franz the way he knows the Nicola's and the Evans. But he knows Markel and he um, spoke very highly of Markel in particular. Um, he mentioned I, I mentioned it in the article, which, again, go read. It's a great one. But he he mentioned that they would work out frequently together in California in California um, when Michael was uh, was away and they would frequently connect. Markel is the most important teammate to this team. You can save your arguments for Cole. I understand. But, but the way Markel internally builds this locker room is something you just can't teach and you can't replicate. There are guys on this team who will play great basketball, but there aren't any guys in the world who will both play great basketball and give you the off-court production, the immense, I should say, off-court production that Markel does. And we saw his improvement on the game or, or in the game. He 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 tore up the last few games. He was unstoppable for real, causing people to go, hmm, maybe he's not a bigger bust than the Anthony Bennett's or the Kwame Browns of the world. You know, things that, you know, should be common sense, but but because he plays in Orlando, he doesn't get that attention the way that um that of Ben Simmons would, for instance. Um, who has got who's Ben Simmons who's gotten a lot more slack cut for him, who's been treated a lot nicer, not maybe not as of recently, but throughout the course of his career than Markel does, even though they're both at this stage in their careers very similar in productivity. But the way that Markel Fultz has quietly changed this magic team. By himself is something is a huge part in why this team has been so good as of recently. In fact, I would argue that it's the biggest reason why he's helping to buy these guys in. He's helping to to acclimate these guys. He, he's one of the veterans. He's been here since what? 2018. I think it was 2019. I think 19. Yeah. 19. Yeah. He, he's seen his entire team basically just like get axed. And he's more than buying into this new team. That is not something that you go, yeah, Fred Van Vliet, though. You don't <laughs> do that. You don't do that. The heart and soul of your team. I, it, if there's one thing you got to learn from from this past season, it's that Markel Fultz is, without a shadow of a doubt, untouchable and should be on that same team with Palo and Franz. Maybe not for his encore stuff, even though I would argue that, but definitely for how much he brings to the locker room and what he's done for this organization from a cultural and a morale standpoint.
0: Yeah. And I kind of see, I see Markel as the glue of it all. Like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like he's the one consistent piece that kind of holds everything together. And I think that if in some strange world something were to happen and, and, we decided to go elsewhere, which I don't believe is going to happen. doesn't even cross my mind. But if it did, I think that it would really, really hurt the development of, of what we've been able to create. Um, and just a crazy stat, courtesy of Luke Jalil on Twitter, um, who said, a reminder that Markel Foltz has only played 5,000 career minutes, and that's only one minute more than Franz Wagner for reference. That's crazy. My man has that's only played one minute more than a sophomore Franz Wagner, which is absolutely insane, because again, we're we're going to look at another player that hopefully doesn't stub his toe in, in <laughs> or have some type of weird injury in the offseason. But you're looking at a player that is is has already shown that he this is the best Markel Fultz that we've ever seen. There's been development. Uh, Al, you and I we were talking about how he did some crazy step back and. From the three-point line and the shot looked beautiful like it looked like college markel faults tell me a little bit about about what you saw from from markel as of late and and i know that you were super impressed with just how his shooting form like out of nowhere it changed slightly
2: yes i mean we, we've seen it from mid-range right we've seen it time and time again where that shot just looks completely different than the three-point shot looks but what made it different was it was against the Pistons. Um, shot clock winding down. Paulo kind of gives him the ball. He has no time to think. He does a little kind of step back, crossover type of thing and just lets it fly. But guess what? That three-point shot looked just like his mid-range shot looks like. And we haven't seen that before. But the best part is he nailed the shot. Like it went in cleanly. Um, and it got us all thinking like, man, like can that shot, you know, be something that he adds to his game next season after another summer of being healthy, working on the three-point shot. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me, man, like if you look at his numbers for the season, so 31% for the season, 44% the last five games while taking two three-pointers a game, not a crazy amount of threes. Like, you know, we see all the guards in the league today do. But this is Markel Fultz, guys. This dude could not shoot a free throw a few years ago. Now he's nailing shots from mid-range time and time again, 59% from the field the last five games, 51 for the season. Like, This dude is just reliable from the mid-range. And we're seeing that kind of slowly become a a norm for him from three-point range as well. And to your point, Anthony, you combine that with his crazy highlights. Like it's, It's a highlight per night now for him. It's the windmills, a putback. It's a dunk on someone. This is a dude who tore his ACL less than 24 months ago. And here we are. So imagine, give this guy now six more months to get ready. Hopefully he won't step on a piece of glass or something crazy over the summer. Imagine Markel having another summer of being healthy, getting to know, you know, France and Paolo even more. It's scary what he can really be next season. I mean, I did not expect him to average close to 15 points a game like he is now to shoot as many threes as he's doing as of late. But it's beautiful to see. You got Ben Simmons in Brooklyn who cannot shoot a mid range, let alone a three-point shot. So I don't know what happened in Philly. And those guys, they mess up guards left and right over there. But man, Markel is in Orlando now. He's overcome all those issues that he had in, in Philly. And it's beautiful to see. And to your point, Luke, I've been seeing the box score lately. And I'm like, wait, there's a constant developing. It's Paolo, it's Franz alternating the, the, the leading of scoring in the team. But there's that other random game where Markel's got 28, 27, 26. And those three dudes are just reliably being there every given night, leading the team um, in points scored. So heading into next season, I, I'll say it. In my mind, you got Paolo, you got Franz. But yeah, Markel deserves a mention in the top of the guys in this team that can help us win on any given night. And don't forget too, before he got hurt, DCL, what happened to the Magic? We made the playoffs with him leading the way. He came back this season. And what did we do? 29 and 26 record, which would have been good for at least a seventh, sixth seed in the East. So there's a trend developing. If Markel can stay healthy, The the outlook of this team just changes completely.
0: I don't know who allowed the Orlando Magic to get a number one pick in Paolo Bancaro, get another number one pick in Markel Foltz. And I consider Franz Wagner another number one pick because, in my opinion, he is easily the best player in his class. And that's, yes, that's me being biased. And then that's also me just stating facts. He is the best player in his class. The Magic have such a dangerous recipe right now to be able to make a lot of noise and it's being held by a player who has been through the ringer um, in Philadelphia and for him to be able to find a home the way that he has in Orlando is such a feel good story. Um, And I really hope that at one point in time, like Markel Foles deserves like his own damn documentary and his documentary is going to be absolutely ridiculous because it's still revenge, in my opinion, for Markel Foltz. There's so many people that doubted him. Um, just from a national media standpoint, like you can go on YouTube right now and you you can have the Stephen A. Smiths um, talking really bad about Markel Foltz and a lot of the other like head names, and and not bad in the sense where they're calling him a bad kid, but they're just kind of like, ah, we're giving up on you already. Already. And it's it's tough, but again, it's it's a full circle moment because he is just doing amazing with us, and I look forward to being able being able to see kind of how that story continues, and that all starts with with this offseason. And and another player that kind of stands out is uh, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony had a, a pretty rough start um, this season. It was it's been like a, a wave of of you know highs and lows, in my opinion, with Cole Anthony, but he. Since the all-star break, he's been playing really, really good basketball. And let's be honest, when it comes to the, the second unit, you know, we're relying on on Cole Anthony. We're relying on on Jalen Suggs. But Cole Anthony, when he's having a solid game, we are successful. And I think that um, you know, Cole Anthony is such a major piece for us. God forbid something were to happen to Markel Fultz, knock on wood, not jinxing it. You know, there, there's a lot of weight that we're going to put on Cole Anthony to hold the Ford down until Markel Foles comes back. And that's such a uh, an important aspect. But, you know, real, real quick, Cole Anthony, your final thoughts on on what he's been able to do this season, kind of turn things around, Al.
2: I mean, you've said it best. After the All-Star break, he, he just simply, in my mind, accepted his role. That's, that's what really changed. He understood his role. He's off the bench. He's going to be, you know, honestly, have the green light when he's in the game Um, and not for nothing, I think he finally understood. I don't need to be, you know, mentioned the starting lineup in order to have an impact on this team. Um, He is playing 30 minutes a night, 32 minutes a night. And he is there when the game is on the line, you know, in the fourth quarter, Uh, if we're making a run, most of the time he's involved in, in that run and not for nothing, man, his effort defensively has been so much better as of late as well. So it's not, it's not only the shot making that he's finally getting done consistently, but his effort on the defensive end is so much better as well. And to your point, he is a need for this team if we want to be successful. So heading into next season, in my opinion, he's going to be a key component um, off the bench. You don't have many guys in the league that can play the role that he is playing. I compare him to a Jordan, uh, you know, a Crawford, a Jordan Poole before he kind of got a bigger role with the Warriors. But like that dude that can come in when things are not going well and give you a lift. And I think that Cole Anthony can be that guy for us not only next year, but for many years to come. And to your point, be a great backup to Markel if he ever gets injured for a few games.
0: Yeah, and then real quick, uh, Luke, Goga. Goga was a player that we picked up um, very late into the season. Uh, He's on a team option for for next year, so the Magic can decide whether or not they want to either keep him on or or release him. Um, I think we saw a lot of really good things from Goga. I think that he addressed some of the needs for the Orlando Magic Um, Just from a rebounding standpoint and even defensively, he's he's a way better rim protector than than I give him credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it when it comes to Goga, are are you a fan? Do you do you want to see Goga come back uh, another year?
1: I am indeed a fan. I I've been a fan since he was drafted in 2019. I've been following him pretty, pretty well. And I thought I saw a lot of potential. I won't go too deep into my analysis because we don't have time for that at all. And especially after that infamous picture of him looking on at the draft combine as Zion, this media attention, Uh, you know, the one. Maybe want to root for him more, but he'd been buried in Indiana's depth chart for however long. And I saw the signing on my phone and I. Perked up because I thought it was a great, great fit for us, especially after losing Mo Bamba to the Lakers. And he's everything that I think you could have ever asked for in a, in a borderline, like tweener, second string, third string, big. I think he's more than worthy of being brought back. I think he's, a, he's a, another solid veteran piece of this team. Um, you've seen him chirping at guys like, um, uh, I, I think there I remember a game where he was chirping at Bobo. um, And that's that better leadership that we need because we don't, like, have guys that are, like, experienced enough aside from, like, your Michael, your Markel, the other guys. We don't have those guys that, like, can both give you consistent minutes other than, like, those two guys. And also, like, make a difference to these younger guys. And Goga is that... Whether, and, and I don't think he needs to necessarily be a starter to feel validated. And I, I want to see him back next year. I I can't wait for for that to happen because I think that um, John and Jeff found a gem uh, like they usually do.
0: Yeah, and with only two games remaining in the season, uh, we got tonight against Brooklyn and then Sunday against Miami, and then that's it, man. The season, it's over. We're talking about a season that there's been so many highs and lows a really tough beginning of the year where you know 5 and 20 without a point guard, relying a lot on, on Paulo and Franz to, to play the point guard position, which is crazy. The return of Jonathan Isaac just for it to be cut short with, um, you know, another injury, uh, the rise and fall of Cole Anthony, the rise and fall of Jalen Suggs. Uh, I I can't believe that there's even a debate for rookie of the year. It's driving me absolutely nuts. I I still can't believe that this is a thing on, on nationally. I can't believe collectively the national media, they're all deciding to have this conversation is ridiculous. Um, but man, there's a lot of great things, um, that have happened this season. The magic have really, really stepped it up and the magic are on the right direction. A lot of questions that will be answered extremely soon. One of which is what should the Orlando Magic do with their two picks? And if these picks are going to, if this pick is going to convey from Chicago, where are those picks going to end? Where are we going to be landing? Magic got a lot of money in free agency. What do the Magic decide to do with all that money? There's a lot of different things. Will Jonathan Isaac be ready by training camp? Like there's so many different things that, that are going to be such a big part of what tomorrow's orlando magic will look like and you know we're we're definitely excited to see what happens write about what happens talk about what happens and we do that all here at orlando magic hq uh Luke man i appreciate you so much for joining us on this episode please please do yourself the favor go on orlandomagichq.com read luke's work read jay's work uh, read Kieran's work. Our team is great, and they put in a lot of effort to be able to bring you guys great, great content. Do the right thing. Read their stuff. Comment. Give us feedback because we we love hearing from you guys. And
1: yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, we 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 put in so much hard work. Uh, like because our content is by Magic fans for Magic fans. Talk to us if there's anything you want to see. My DMs are always open at lscotchy 34 on Twitter. I am always, always, always open to talk hoops. I'm always open if there's anything you want to see from us. And we'll get that to you because we, we want to give you the best content possible. And honestly, I've, I've written um, profiles and features and stuff like that before. Genuinely speaking, when I say that that my Carter Williams feature was the best thing that I've ever, that I've ever put out. Um, so much hard work, blood and sweat. And tears came into that, and and the outpouring of love um, and support has just been very overwhelming in a very very good way. And I cannot thank all of you guys enough for that. And if you haven't read the article, first, what's wrong with you? Second, go do that. You will have your life changed. You will. Uh, I, I can promise you. I can promise you. You're gonna love Mike Carter Williams by the time you're done reading it, because that man, Agreed. the trooper. He is hustle and he is an all around great, great, great guy that deserves all the support in the world for the absolute hell that he's been going through. So Agreed. give it a read. Um, this is my home now. Uh, is the title of the article. Is the first part of it. But go right ahead and do yourselves a favor. After this podcast is done, read, 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 read. It is a great article and we'd love to have your feedback on it.
0: Agreed and co On that wrap, On that note, it's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Orlando Magic HQ Podcast, part of the No Network at the moment. We'll catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com. And follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and
1: subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.